Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. doing with my life at this point what are you doing with your life to watching this uh, i was yeah well just kidding it, keep watching i'm just playing I'm joking should, i guess the question is should that be our official song for the podcast guys i know I, I honestly think you and i could go into a sound booth and come up with a better song ourselves than that no come on there's no it's raining tacos okay guys I know, I know based on feedback we've gotten before that you guys love when we do small talk before we get into the meat and the meat and potatoes. Um, honestly, what I was going to say, we touched on the NBA playoffs before the playoffs started. Round one is wrapping up. The play-in's already over. Do you have any quick thoughts? I know we already had kind of an hour-long conversation <laughs> off air <laughs> yeah, we should have About recorded that playoffs but in case we have any nba fans who listen to the podcast any thoughts or feelings you'd like to share before we get started today mr brindle so i i publicly put it out there that i chose the timberwolves over the memphis grizzlies terrible mistake on my end i mean at this point at the time of recording this they haven't been eliminated yet but come on i mean we kind of see the writing uh, on the wall i mean i will say I thought the Grizzlies would have handled the T-Wolves quicker. The T-Wolves have put up a hell of a fight. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I saw them coming in, and I watched the first game, like we were talking about earlier, and I just was so imp- – I thought they were just on a hot streak. Um, I thought they are on a hot streak. I think they, I think they are on a hot streak, right, because they're basically a play-in team. Um, but I think they just have so much talent on the roster and it's just starting to click for the first time, but they're really young. They make a lot of dumb mistakes. Um, yep. I've thought it over since we had our conversation. Okay. Or off, off about update. the off. We already have an, an update. update. We have an update. I've been thinking about yeah. this mightily, right? This is what I think about. <laughs> this has um, consumed you. I'm assuming. Consumed right? me. Okay. This is, this is my this is my pick. I, I picked Boston to come out of the East. Okay, and, and West? And West, I am picking Golden State. The, the, that's my pick. And okay. I pick 
I, okay, so I'm going to say, you know, it's tough because I'm looking at the teams right now and I could almost see a rematch of last year, right? Uh, you could see... <laughs> <laughs> mic drop i i just genuinely like i i could see suns and bucks they both look pretty good yeah. um i like golden state a lot i still like the grizzlies i think t wolves just kind of matched up <laughs> well they're, they're a bad matchup for memphis i think in the first round for sure right but they could come out and potentially, I don't know, Golden State looks pretty freaking good right now, dude. Golden State won in five games against Denver. Now, granted, I think you could make the argument that Denver is probably the worst team in the playoffs right now. I mean, because they have Jokic and everyone else is injured. So I thought that was, a you know, but they, they, they won in five games with Steph coming off the bench. True. Like that was, I was just like watching that. I'm like, like, it's like a video game. You know? <laughs> like you build this badass team and you just run through everybody. Um, yeah, that's, that's honestly a lot. Of, so this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to go on the record and say that the West wins. I don't think the East has much of a chance. Really? Uh, Boston okay. and Bucks are definitely. It's one of one those of- two. One, be one of, of those, those two. two for sure. Miami and Philly look soft. Um, yeah. I think I think Golden State, Grizzlies, or Suns will win the whole playoffs. That's my final thoughts on the NBA so far. We're gonna see how this this little video ages, you guys. Yeah. Every if time I have to pick one prediction, I guess out Grizz, there, bad Grizz. I'm gonna go on record right now and say Grizz win it all. Oh, Morant. I'm a fan. Okay, okay. What's, who's your one? Pick your one. Boston. <sighs> Boston. Boston. Did you say Boston? Boston. 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 Boston Celtics? Boston Did you Celtics? say Boston? <laughs> Fucking Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, guys, our, our, our episode today is one that we both probably get asked about more than we would like. I know I do. I want to speak for, for brother Shelton, but um, um, I know for me, I feel that way. Um, But it's about marketing budgets. Like what should your marketing budget be? What should, should you spend every week? What should you spend every month? Um, And how to kind of calculate how much you need to spend in order to get X amount of, you know, return in terms of production. Um, important, very, very heavily analyzed by agents. Um, and they, don't, they typically don't like the answer because they want to spend like a quarter of what you end up telling them. Um, but important, I, I, as, as somebody that is a specialist in lead generation, I wanted to start off by kind of getting your thoughts on this conversation, Mr. Shelton, Mr. Shelton. I'm just, okay. Me. Okay. Uh, As a special, (laughs) as a specialist expert, lead generation expert, expert. maybe not specialist isn't the right word. I had someone yesterday. um, They were like, Hey, I want to introduce you to an agent. I said, great. And they're like, they're like, what do I call you? And I was like, what do you, I'm like, what do you, I was like, 
are you a lead aggregator, a lead generator, a marketer? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, marketer? All the above? I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, why are you wasting? Like, what? Who cares? Anyways, that being said, okay. So marketing, marketing budgets. First, I want to go back and I've done this before in some of our other episodes. I want to talk about being a brand new agent, what that looked like. There's obviously a lot of new agents that come into the business. Maybe they're watching this. Um, I want to talk about my experience as a brand new agent with marketing budget. I want to get Christian's thoughts as well. So I came in, um, I joined a, a giant uh, FMO. Um, it wasn't NAA, but it was an NAA spinoff. I'll say that. I'm not going to bother mentioning their name. They are still around. I actually just talked to them not too long ago because they talked about buying leads for me, which was a bit of a trip. Neither here nor there. Um, but I came in and my marketing budget was zero for probably the first month. They were giving me old leads, right? They were like, hey, here's the B leads, the leads that didn't get sold, the leads that didn't get bought, yada, 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 whatever. So I, that's how I cut my teeth. I got free leads. They were older and I did pretty well with them. And at the time I thought, this is great. All of my commissions are cash, right? Like that's my income. I'm earning that money. After about a month of B leads, they said, here's your lead order form. This is how many leads you're probably going to want to buy. And at the time I know exactly, I can tell you exactly how much it was. It was $2,700 a week. So about $10,000 a month. And at the time I'd never even earned that much money before. I'd never even seen $10,000 in one month before. And so my mind was destroyed. I got obliterated mentally by this. And I, I just remember I'm driving this 1992 Toyota Camry. This thing, guys, was, it was a, the definition of a beater. Like I can hear that car still today. Like literally, like the engine was making a sound. It sounded like it was being powered by hamsters. There's probably mice in it. That's probably why, but $2,700 a week, that's over $10,000 a month. And I remember driving in my car as a new agent thinking this, my wife's going to kill me. This isn't going to work. I can't spend $10,000. I don't have $10,000 to spend on marketing. It, it ultimately ended up working out for me. I ended up taking the money I'd made on the B leads, dumping it straight into the marketing for the A leads. It was direct mail that I was working at the time bought the new leads, worked those leads, rinsed and repeated, um, and it, the rest is history. So that's my new agent marketing budget story. Christian, new agent marketing budget story. What happened? Yeah, um, so very different. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've told my story many times on this show, on the, on the channel in general. Um, I essentially did not spend money on marketing for my first several years, right? I was doing a lot of cold calling. I was, you know, doing a lot of grassroots and stuff. I was knocking on doors. I was basically hustling and I wasn't spending money on marketing or leads. And the first person who really, I, I was told that, that well, not, I wasn't told directly, but I more just watched a video on it and it kind of opened up my, my, mind to it a little bit was on spending money was Grant Cardone, good old Uncle G, Grant Cardone. And I remember very vividly, he put out a video and he said something along, I don't remember anything in the, in the, he said in the video other than this. And I remember it very vividly, he said, you can't 
you, you can't really grow your business and not spend money on it. It's impossible. And I agree with that. Um, I think. Oh, good Come on, man. No, just hey, hey, um, speaking of really fast sidebar and Uncle G, I just started watching Undercover Billionaire season two. What do you think? Um, I mean, love or hate Grant Cardone, you guys. Just a fucking hustler. A badass. Just a hot, badass. He started driving that Jeep around. I just about f- fell over I was like, this is insane. And the fact that he thought to sell his car, to me, he's thinking on an entirely different level than probably anybody. Because you're, you're, you're dropped into a random city. This is such a sidebar, but I do want to mention it because it seems relevant. You're dropped into a random city. You have nothing. You have a phone, a car, $100. You're probably thinking, I need to hold on to what I have. I don't have much. Grant Cardone's first thought is, I'm going to sell this car to get capital. Yeah. Like, what a freaking mad genius. I was impressed by that, dude. I really was. I, and, and don't spoil it for me because I haven't. I'm just a few episodes in. Okay. I won't, I won't say anything more than yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a blind worshiper, you know, of, yeah. yes. of Grant. <laughs> like, and I, I, don't, I don't hide from it. I don't, you know, hide that from people like. I'm the biggest Grant Cardone fan in the world. And I, I've learned so much from him, but like, that is exactly it. Right. Like he, he thinks about things so differently in such a way that like, it just goes against the grain of what probably anybody else would do. And I, there's that, there's, there, I mean, there's those two chicks on the show. They did their, they did everything completely differently. And when they're, when, as we're going through the show, I remember feeling like they're flashing back to him and back to them. And I just couldn't wait for the, for it to stop showing them. Cause I could not care less because they were so boring in comparison. And th- like what he was doing, I was like, what he's doing is smart. They're doing the opposite. Like, I mean, maybe it's not, maybe it, maybe it's not that, that what they're doing isn't smart, but like I could see where he was going with things. Um, and he just starts off like a route of a rocket ship in those first couple episodes, like just. And and a lot of it, I'm thinking, I, you know, when I'm watching it play out, I'm thinking he's in way over his head. That, that's like my first thought when he starts to explain what he's doing. And then he starts to pull off. He starts to pull everything off. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, wow. <laughs> like that's and, and some of it's really basic stuff, but he just executes. He really does. And I will say for one of the girls, I forgot her name. It was the gal that got dropped in Tacoma, Washington. Mm. Um, I think she came from like the music she was, industry. She was like, she's like married to Timberland. Timberland, yeah. She has like yeah. Timberland's ex-wife or something. She's a billionaire. Something but like anyways, I thought she was a master networker. Like the yeah. way that she was going around her local city, and this totally applies to insurance agents because um the old school way of doing business as an insurance agent was this was what she was doing. You walk around, you talk to everybody in your city, you tell them what you do, and then you figure out a way to work with them, get them to become your client. And that's shit. She built out in a Rolodex just yeah. walking yeah. around her city. You guys, I thought that was pretty impressive. Um, they, they, they all did good things. Like yeah. I, I was, I came in biased. I didn't want to see the other two from the get go. <laughs> 
I wanted the whole season to be Uncle G. And but I yeah, to, to get back to uh, to the to the main topic, the meat and potatoes, as I promised you guys. So Uncle G, you can't build your business without spending money on it. Yes, yes. So, um, and I never heard that before. I didn't even know what that meant, really. Like I didn't. It wasn't any X's and O's things or anything like that. And um, so I remember I was. I can't remember what year I was in. I might have been in year four. Um, so I was twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Okay. Um, I remember going to my dad and saying, "Hey." Grant Cardone says, I need to spend money on my business. What is the, what does he mean? Like, well, how do I spend money on my business? And he's like, he's like, spend what? He's like, you're doing good. Why do you got to spend money? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good, but I want to do better. And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, he's like, not everybody's going to be a billionaire and nobody's probably going to make a million dollars a year in this business. And I was like, that was always my goal make a million dollars a year by the time I was 30. That's what I was told him when yeah. I started. And he's like, he's like, never seen an insurance agent make a million dollars a year, but Obviously, he's changed his tune on that last five <laughs> years or so. Um, but but um, so he what he told me, he's like, he's like, he's like, well, I guess you could buy leads. I'm like, leads, what are those? And what what had you been doing for marketing up until this point? Cold, just cold calling, calling. Just cold calling cold. and working old direct mail leads. I guess I didn't know they were called leads. I didn't, I just they, I were, they were postcards. I didn't know the word lead. I didn't know what that meant. Right. Literally, I didn't know. Yeah. And, I was the um, same way. I was the same way. And so I go on Google and I type in Medicare supplement leads. Cause I'm like, what leads do I buy? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't bought leads for 20 years. I don't I have no freaking idea. And so I didn't get much help from him. And so I went, I went and Googled Medicare supplement leads and I find net quote, quote wizard, all these different companies. Right. Um, and I, I talked to our FMO at the time, they give me arm leads and things like that which are, which freaking ass. Um, sorry, arm leads, but they were leads from arms. Like they literally pull, they literally, yeah. Um, pulling your arm. (laughs) And so like these old direct mail companies, I tried them out, didn't do super well with them. It wasn't that the leads were bad. It was more so just a volume problem. And you were already what year three in the biz, you think? Probably four. Four. Wow. You got far on zero dollars. That's impressive, dude. That's really impressive. I got really far. Like it was ridiculous. I was making a hundred grand a year in renewals easy at that point. Like, and yeah, and when I look back on it, like I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Like you you're a stubborn ass. That's the only thing I can think. Like, (laughs) you must have just fucked just ground pounded to get that. That's a lot of hard work. I was like, this is great. I don't have to spend any money. Like, <laughs> like, um, but anyway, so I start buying these shared internet leads and, um, we all know about that. That's kind of how I got introduced. And, um, and then our FMO gave us contact information for, um, call center called health plan one that were selling leads at the time. And you could get an exclusive Medicare lead for 25 bucks a lead. And they were great. So what I, and then, so I started to have, I started to look up information on, okay, just on, you know, I didn't have any mentors really outside of my dad. Like my dad was it. My dad was basically like, I don't know, go away. Like a lot, a lot of my questions, that was what I got. I don't know. You know, so so, just grunts at the, at, by the end of it, it's like, just, so and um shout out to christian brain christian brindle senior 
you happen to be watching this. So I started YouTubing and Googling like just questions like how to put together a marketing budget. And there's just such vague information, but that's what I went with. And so um, what a wildly different experience you had from me. Yeah. That's what, that's why I say I wasn't, I was just, I was saying that for a reason, like it's totally different. And originally, and originally my goal was to spend $500 a week. That was what I wanted to spend. So I was spending $2,000 a month. Um, and I, and I, one, one mistake I made early on was I wasn't consistent with spending. Like I would spend that for in a month and I would kill it with these leads. And then I'd go back to cold calling for three months. Cause I'd be like, Oh, that was cool. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to spend this money again. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're the bane of my existence. Essentially <laughs> the person that you just described is the bane of my existence. The agent I talked to who talks about how great they did. And then I don't, they don't buy anything for months. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm and like, I did really well. I did yeah. really well with the leads. Right. Like, right. I get it. I've always done well with leads. I've always yeah. done well calling yeah, people. Yeah. Like, but I just was like, I was like, all right, time to go back and cold call. Right, yeah, you weren't consistently spending. Yeah, and so- you Didn't have a marketing budget. I didn't have a marketing budget. I, what, what really convinced me that I needed to have a marketing budget and stick with it every single month, I don't even want to say his name. I don't, I don't want to do it. I'll just, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I refuse. Yeah, um, just, say, just be generic. Don't say the name. I, um, I, joined, a, I joined a website membership there you and go. had a couple calls with the person that administered oh. the website. And he told me directly, you need to spend, come up with a certain amount of money and spend it every month. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. He's like, he's like, it looks like you're sporadically spending two grand a month here, three grand a month there. And this was, this was probably two years later. So this was no, 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 not two years, maybe one year, maybe not even, it might've been the same year, actually right. six months later. It wasn't a whole, it wasn't two years later. Um, okay. And that, and that phone call, I, I needed somebody to just tell me you need to do this every month. Cause I didn't have anybody in my ear. Telling right, me that a, kind of like accountability. Yeah. Like an accountability partner, essentially. And it helped right. me. It helped right. me. I didn't ever need, I didn't ever need to hear it again. Right. Um, so it started off with that about two grand a month, um, three grand a month. Um, I won't say what it is now. <laughs> a lot more now. It's a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars a month. One point two billion a year. I'm Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I just tendered an offer for Tinder <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to see fat chicks anymore. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> cut that! Cut that! Cut that! Cut, cut that. it out! Cut it out! Um. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst god you're the worst. okay marketing budgets take it back up <laughs> oh man okay okay so back in so you spent nothing for years you started to spend a little then you got consistent with it and it kind of went from there so yeah. So we've kind of shared our experiences getting started, how we went from zero to really going. I, I was really, for me, I, I don't know, my process when I got started, it was literally just like, okay, here it is. One, two, three. You know, like it was so straightforward with the, the agency I was at. 
And they knew that if an agent was consistently spending a fair amount of money to get a fair amount of leads, they were going to be consistently producing. Right. So they pushed the leads really hard. Skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. And it worked. And I produced well for years and the leads were pretty good. But I think the, the, what was really missing from the marketing that I was involved in is the diversification, right? It was one product, one type of marketing. That was it. And anytime I even tried to like bring up other marks, like I was like, you know, Hey, let's do this as a team. I've got some ideas. Nobody cared at the time. It was just like, so let me, let me ask you a question. So were you consistently spending that 2,500 a month? Yeah. I mean, if I, if I was like going out of town, right. So if I was like going out of town or something, there might be small, like small breaks, but it was almost week, week after week, week after week, week after week, like almost no break. Wow. So I, 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 the reason why I asked that is I, I think about the number, the amount of agents that I probably will both probably encounter on a month to month basis, like that are individual agents like you were at the time. Right. I mean, you're right. part of the agency, but like you're individually selling, right? So like, that's what you're doing. Um, right. You're not running an agency yet. You're not in a position where you're, you know, feeding agents or anything like that. The amount of individual agents that spend that amount of month, I would say is vastly low. Well, you have to, I mean, I individual guess agents. To, to preface this too, like it was, I was buying mortgage protection, direct mail leads, which that mm. type of lead is very expensive. Um, and, and, you know, like some of it was probably like pipeline too, because you're having to consistently mail over and over and over. So you might spend more this month. It's almost like when you stop, you still have weeks where marketing's still coming in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's how direct mail works. So like I might spend 10,000, 10,000, 10,000, and then I could stop. And there might be some weeks where it was still coming back in. So it was a very expensive type of marketing, which is ultimately what drove me away from it because I felt like I could do things more cost efficient. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess what, to to get back to like the core of it, the the marketing budget, what is the number? Isn't that what everyone wants to, what's the number? What is it? So let's, let's, let's dissect this a little bit, right? Yeah. So we've, we've talked on this show a lot, the average closing ratio, right? And I think you've said like 10 to 30%, right? Depending on the order. Isn't that, is that, is that fair? Shout out to Tony Merwin. I'll never forget you, Tony. Yeah. I've always said, I've always said, give or take 20%. That's always been my number. It Um, tends, you know, so one, two, three, 10% is a new agent, 20% is an average agent, 30% is a closer. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and so let's say, let's say an average agent, let's say 20%. Yeah. I like 20. That's a safe number. So 20%, let's say you are spending, what do you think an average lead is costing these days? If you're buying, just buying out, if you're outright buying leads, right. Let's just, let's assume you're not doing your own market. Maybe you're not at that point yet. What do you think? 40, 40 bucks. I mean, so let's say let's, I think direct mail is a good standard. Right. Because it's still, there's still so much money going into direct mail, regardless of digital marketing and everything Mm -hmm. else. Um, I would say 40 bucks is, is probably a a solid number. So yeah, I like that 40. Okay. 
And postage is going up in July. Uh, don't tell me that. <laughs> it's only going up a little bit, but three cents more per postcard times a thousand postcards. And then that expense, you know, that gets marked up by your direct mail vendor. And all of a sudden, everyone's paying even more. Everybody's pissed. Um, yep. let, let's say, let's say 50. Cause I, I mean, okay. um, I mean, the, the mortgage protection direct mail was like 50 to 60, dude. Right. What if we did in the middle? Let's say 45. I like 45. 45. Okay. So 45. And let's say you are, let's, let's talk about how many apps you're trying to sell. Right. Like how many, how many, what's your estimated um, app count? Let's say you want to sell 10 apps a month. Right. Let's just keep it conservative. Well, so um, like, so, I mean, I'll, let me run my numbers really fast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear this. Because it's actually similar to what we're saying. So, so I was spending around $10,000 a month, okay? And, and let's just call the lead cost 50. Sometimes the leads were a little bit more. There was, there was a bit of a variance there. Um, but for round numbers, let's say... So, so it's about 200 leads a month. So about 50 per week. Yeah. So I take on 50 leads and I'm hoping to set an appointment with at least 60%. So 50 leads, I got my calculator here, 50 leads times dot six. So that would be 30 appointments, you know? And, and again, as an agent, especially when I was new, I'm willing to sell on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So this is 30 appointments over six days. It didn't always hit that. I mean, again, if you're at a 50% or a 40% appointment margin, which sometimes I was, I mean, that's even less, right? I mean, 50 leads and you only get to present to 40%, you're only at 20 appointments. Right. And then there's fall off from there, you know? So then I'm going from, from 20 appointments down to, you know, maybe only present to, to 10 people. So, I mean, you're, I, I guess you kind of have to start with like, what sort of activity level, this is the question you have to ask yourself, what sort of activity level are you willing to commit to? Because I opened my schedule up completely. I was willing to go up to 30 appointments a week, sell on Saturdays, six appointments per day, five days a week, you know, or vice versa, you know, filling up my, my weekly schedule. So when, when the question gets asked, I think that's the best, because you, you talked about this earlier, you were talking about backing out the numbers, right? Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's exactly where we want to look at this with, I think, let's say you're writing four a week to make it easy, right? You're trying to write four new apps a week, 12 a month, right? 16 a month. Sorry. Bria, that's three a week. Um, so you're trying to do 16 a month for a week. And let's say what, what I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I've always said that you can schedule appointments with maybe around half of your leads. So that's pretty in line with what you just said at 60%, yeah. right? 40, right? 40, 40 to 60, yeah. right? And, and maybe you have a great week where you sit down with 85% of your leads. I remember right. thinking this is amazing when I would have those weeks. And then you'll have other weeks mid-summer where everyone's out of town and you're sitting down with 20% of your leads, you know? Right, right. So yeah, I like, the, half. I like half. That's a good number. 
And then I've also said you should probably close about half of your sits. Yeah. So maybe half, you schedule appointments with half of the leads and sell half of the appointments, right? So if that's the case and you want to sell four apps a week, let's say you need, what is that? 16? Yeah, 16. Six, well, so 16 leads, you make appointments with half of them, that'd be eight, and you sell half of them, that's four. The, here, here's the problem that didn't you missed in that equation is okay. the fall off. So, so let's say, let's say you get 50 leads and then you schedule 25 appointments. You're probably only going to sit down with 20 of the 25 appointments. That's true. Yeah. People flaking, people not flaking, showing up on you. changing their mind, changing their schedule. So you never sit down with all your appointments. And so right. it really, it's like half of the people you actually sit of down. Sits. Yeah. So, so maybe you do 20 appointments hoping to, to meet with 16 of them. Or not, right. What, what am I saying? Maybe you do. 20, so 20, so maybe, maybe 10 you, appointments. Maybe you do 10 appointments. Down with eight and close four. That's yes, your, yes, yeah. Yes, that yes, was yes. your number. Yeah. Okay. So. And so that if it's 16 leads at $45 a lead, oh, it's well, it's 20 leads or 20 leads. Got it. 20 leads. Okay. As you're getting from 20, lead. yeah, 20 would get you almost a guaranteed four if you're average. Yes. So that's 900 bucks a week, 900 bucks a week, $3,600 a month. Boom. Bingo. And that's your assuming number. you're, that's assuming you're not getting any low hanging fruits or freebies or referrals or anything like that. I like that number a lot, to be honest. Yeah. I know it seems kind of rash that you pulled out, but again, the reason I feel like I got driven out of the agency I was working at is because they were marked, not only were they my upline and they were making a margin on my contracts, they were also marking their leads up to some degree. So they were profiting on the lead sale to me as an agent. So you don't have to, you know, my story doesn't mean you have to run out and start spending 10 grand a month. I think that was kind of absurd. The leads were good. I did produce enough to be profitable and make money to reinvest, but you don't have to do that. I think 3,600 or about a thousand bucks a week, if you know what you're doing and you're an average or above average agent, I think that's a, that's a solid number. Yeah. Right. I, I think so too. I mean, and so you just play the numbers game on whatever you want to sell, right? Maybe you want to sell six a week. Right. Seven, 10. That's how you calculate what you got to spend. Um, and you can do it for any number, right? Obviously there's people that come in there like, I want to sell a hundred apps in a month. Like spend a lot. You got to spend a lot. Yeah. Right. Like that's really what it comes down to. You got to spend a lot of money. That's, um, that's the, the cost per acquisition. It's 225. So in, in the numbers we just ran where he said 900 a week, to get four clients almost guaranteed on some conservative averages we just ran for face-to-face -face agents, a 225, you know, and then if your client's worth more than a thousand dollars, I mean, there you go, you know, Boom. bingo. That is scaling talk right there. Scaling, scaling, scaling. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's really, what it comes down to. And I think you got to spend money on your business. I, I hope we don't have to tell you guys this at this point. I think we both said this so much and so often, but spending money on your business is vital. It's key. Um, so, so 
So let me, I have a question for you. Yeah. As a marketer, as someone who owns a marketing company, I'm talking to agents every day. I hear the fear from agents on spending money. What would you say to an agent? If, if, if there's a new agent listening to this, or maybe they're an experienced agent, but they're scared or nervous about spending money on marketing, which there's a ton of you guys out there. I talk to you all the time. What would you say to them, Christian? You, you're, you're looking at it as an expense instead of an investment. That's, that's, that would be the, the thing I would tell them. I'd be like, you're looking at it like a bill, right? Like, like something you're paying money for. You're never going to see it again. There's no chance it's going to bring in more money than you've spent. Okay. Um, and that's not the case. It's, it's not an expense. It's an investment. R-O-I, um, right? Yes. Yes. And so now some people come in and they don't have any money. And like some people misconstrue my words. And they'll be like, well, I'm going to take out debt and spend it on that. I don't know. I'm not right. suggesting that. I'm, but, but if you have some money to spend and it's a scary thing um, and you don't want to part with the money, but you have some that you can part with, right? And you're still going to be able to buy groceries for your family that month, that kind of thing. Um, then there's no better place you can put it because you put it in the bank. It's going to, it's eight, eight, eight and a half percent inflation, right? Something like that. So you're literally losing money by putting in the bank. Um, you put in the stock market, let's say the average stock market returns 8%. So you're, you're just shredding water at that point. Right. Um, the best thing you can do with it is put it into your business. Legitimately, like there is no better investment you can make as an agent or an agency owner than putting it into your business. And you're investing literally in you. Um, and you have more direct control over that ROI than anything else you can put it in. So what, what would you say an average Medicare client is worth today? What would you say? So let's, let's, let's dissect it a little bit. So let's say we'll be conservative. So on a renewal Medicare Advantage commission for street level, it's eight, eight, two eighty six and 50 cents. Um, and let's say how many years do you retain that person or, or what would you say? I think if you provide them good service, right? The touch points, things we've talked about in past episodes, um, I think you should, you could book it for five years. I think, um, some people might say that's too high or whatever the case might be at this point for Medicare advantage. I don't think so. I think we keep our clients longer than that. Usually. I mean, I'd have to look at the numbers, but I'd say it's at least that. Um, so that would be 1400 bucks. But yeah. let, I mean, let's say you want to be conservative about it. Let's say four, right? We'll say four. Say then, a th- I like it. So that's about a thousand, right? 11, 1146 is for Let's you. Call it a thousand. We'll go even lower. We'll say a thousand, right? And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to, I want to really hit home on what you just said about ROI and investments in the real estate world, a great ROI on a conservative number would be about 10%. Yeah. If you're making 10% on a real estate investment annually, whew, right? And let, normally inflation hangs around 3, 3% plus or minus. So on a 10% ROI, you're doing great. A lot of people love 10% ROIs. Yeah. So yeah. we just talked about a customer acquisition cost of $225. And we just defined the number on 
the value of the client around a thousand. Honestly, it's probably closer to 1500. What we can yeah. call a thousand. So it's about a five times ROI. So 500% return on your investment. So, you know, and, and I've gotten heckled before from family, from friends, from peers, from other business owners on why I haven't done more investing outside my business. And that's the exact reason why. Where am I going to get a 500% ROI on my money? Tell me where. Oh, if I put it in the stock market. Oh, if I put it in a mutual fund. Oh, I should be investing in, in real estate. I mean, listen, it, real estate's had an incredible run the past two years. I'm not trying to discredit real estate, but the point I'm trying to make is a 500% ROI is incredible. It's really hard to do in any sort of traditional investing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I very well said, and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that, in, I mean, I've known agents that have made a lot of money, not, you know, by, you know, spending money on their business. I was one of them, right? Like I could, I could have probably lived a very comfortable life. Um, and I probably could have, you know, like, I, I'm not saying this to be negative or anything. Look at my father, look at my dad. Yeah. My dad built his business spending very little on money. Like I remember I put up, I put up a billboard like two months ago and I was talking to my dad on the phone. My dad's like, my dad's like, we never did that. We never right. did anything like that. I'm like, I know, I know every, I know what you did. I did what you did. I know what Dick brings, Right. you know, like, and my dad still makes a great living. My dad's basically semi-retired at this point. He barely works, right? He just services his book of business that he's had for 35 years or whatever. My dad makes a great living. My dad makes more than most agents do, and he doesn't barely do anything. Um, but, and, and I could have done that, but you're just sniffing what your business could do if you take that mindset, mindset and that mentality and that approach. Well, it's really, it's, and, and so the crux of this, what this is kind of boiling down to you guys is time. You can build a million dollar business without spending a freaking dime. I do believe that. I used to knock cold doors. Christian's cold called. I'm cold called. You could spend 20 years of sweat equity and build it into an empire. It happens all the time. But why would you do that? If you knew you could spend money, you give me a dollar, I give you five, right? which is essentially the trade we, we just discussed. Why would you not do that over and over and over? And instead of spending 20 years to build that million dollar business, you did it in, I don't know, three or five years. Exactly. Exactly. Um, something, something I want to, I want to talk to you about off camera a little yeah. bit, but I'm wondering, so someone told me recently, actually in the last month, something that I'd never thought about before, but wait, you said, I thought you said you want to talk off camera. Yeah. We'll talk off camera. We'll talk off camera, but like yeah, I'm off camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. So this is completely unscripted you guys. So like, this is not this. on the, this, this wasn't part of the plan. This is what talk Tuesday is all about. This is what it started. This is how talk it started. to somebody about, um, that's making a lot of money in the business. Somebody you and I both know. Okay. 
And they're, they're like, they're like, I've been taking out business loans recently. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why? I didn't, I couldn't understand it, but they explained it to me. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm a dumbass. That's what I thought. I'm like, I'm like, they, I'm a dumbass. Cause I didn't think of this. Did they explain the tax benefit though? No, they didn't touch, they didn't touch on that oh. part. So I just, I just got into that side of it not too long ago myself, right? Like that's the next level, right? Is when you take out loans, you ne- and it doesn't matter where you can pull the loan from anywhere, including life insurance, right? You can have your own cash value life insurance that you pull a loan from. Loans are not taxed. You do not pay tax. It's not an income. In fact, another way of looking at this the insurance agents who are getting paid in advance on their commissions, guess what? Guess what? That's a loan. That's a loan. Talk to your accountant. I I know for a fact it's a loan. Talk to your accountant. So a loan you do not pay taxes on because it's not income. It's not money. It's a loan. You have to pay that money back. Right. Right. So think about that. So if you're a, a, a business owner, you're making a million dollars a year and, and then, you know, you come into it thinking, well, why would you borrow money? You've got a million dollars cash flow. Why would you borrow money? You don't need to borrow money. You do need to borrow money because yeah. it's, it's tax deductible. Essentially, you're, you're not paying taxes on it. So you borrow a million dollars against your or you borrow whatever. You could probably borrow 10 million against a million cash. I don't know. You know, I don't know exactly what the lending would be, but I'm dying to know what they were spending the money. Were they spending it on marketing? Yeah. In- infrastructure, payroll, all kinds of stuff. Like, but basically what they were saying is like, you know, I think I know who it is. I think I know. I just, just from you saying all of that, I think I know who it is too. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 we'll disclose that literally. Yeah, we'll disclose. Yeah. That's but, um, enough. The name will be basically, basically the way it was explained to me, like when you get to a certain point in your business, um, you're, you know, you, you take out that loan, let's say your interest rate is four to 8%. Yeah. Right. Sounds the, about right. The, the game is, and, and you know, what this person was saying is like, I'm doing it over a 10 year loan. Hey, I just texted you the name on camera. I want you to read the te- read the text and just tell me if the name. I'm correct. looking at. It. I'm looking at my phone. And I just, oh, you're saying no? No, wasn't that person? Dang, wasn't that person? Um, I'm gonna guess again. Keep going. Okay, but he's like, in, in, but basically, what they, but, but what they explained to me is like, no. Um, <laughs> but what they're explaining to me is like, do you think you could use that money? No. <laughs> okay. I give up. <laughs> um, but, but basically there, you know, the, the, the idea is, can you use this money and make, can you make, can you make a higher res- return rate than the interest rate? The interest rate. I'm like, absolutely. Easy. Even if it's 10% interest rate. Yes. Easy. And you're making monthly payments. It's hardly anything. It's over 10 years. It's just, and I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. I'm like, so Christian's a dumbass. Christian's been using his own money for almost 10 years and no one else is. Well, um, let's, talk, let's talk about this for real though. Before we wrap up, we'll extend this episode a bit. You guys, if Christian's time will allow it, I'd love mm-hmm. to, because Dave Ramsey is essentially the antithesis. Yes. No the credit antithesis. card, no debt. 
to the argument that's being made here. And listen, I'm telling you what, if you want me to pick a side, if it's Dave Ramsey versus I'm borrowing at 10% interest rate that I have to pay over 10 years because I have a way of making, you know, 300% on my money instead of 10% on my money. I'm in that camp all day, every day, times a billion. That's my camp. I live in that camp. I would love to sell everyone on that camp because it makes all the sense in the world. A 10% loan versus a 300% ROI, if you've got a way of doing that. What's the, what are we even talking? Like Dave who? Dave Ramsey? Like what? Yeah. Don't borrow money? Like it's, I realized in that moment, I, it was my biggest light bulb moment for Medicare Con. Literally, like it was my biggest light bulb moment. I was like, I was like, why have I not been doing this for years? Um, yeah, like I immediately come back from Medicare Con. I'm immediately applying for a loan, like legitimately. I'm like, I don't understand why I'm not doing this. But what about, think about the tax implications, not only on if you start to lever up. So you lever, I mean, just, just listen, just, I'm going to just hear, hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out, okay? Because I'm very passionate about this. You lever up by taking loans, okay? It's tax deductible, right? You don't take, you do not pay taxes on the money you borrowed. It's also tax deductible if you spend it on legitimate business expenses, okay? Yeah. You lever up, you borrow money. That money is income in, in the sense that you get to utilize it. So you're, you're using money, you're not paying it's not an income. So you're not paying income tax on it. Then you can spend it on business expenses. So now it's tax deductible. You can grow faster because you're spending money on growth. Mm -hmm. And then your ROI should be massively bigger. Yeah. Whatever the interest rate you borrowed. So why would you Dave Ramsey anything? Why would you not borrow money? My father is Dave Ramsey. My father (laughs) hates The second my father got money, he spent it to obliterate debt. There's value to getting rid of debt. I understand. Like, especially when you're talking, if you're trying to lever up, sometimes especially, you especially debt bad debt too, right? Like, yeah, bad debt's bad. You don't want bad debt. Like 26% credit card interest right, bills, right? Like I could yeah. see someone wanting to get rid of that or, or you have a car payment. I could see someone wanting to get rid of that. Maybe you have um, a balloon payment on debt. Maybe maybe that payment amount that you have to pay is about to get huge because you have a balloon on it, right? Five right. years after after one year, after five years, your payment goes way up. You might need to ax that whole debt, get rid of it. Right. Like, oh, I feel like we could do an entire episode just about Dude, this. Debt, just debt. We could do a whole episode just talking about debt alone because it's it's its own niche, its own niche. Totally. But but that 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 was a transformative realization because you know basically what they told me is like, look at the biggest companies in the world. They have a lot of them billions of dollars in free cash flow and they don't spend it. They borrow. Let's, let's talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Yes. Did you hear how he financed the deal? No, but I'm not surprised that he did. I think half of it's debt. He guys, he could buy Twitter cash all day. He's got mm-hmm. the cash. He has the physical cash. But he doesn't doesn't do that. He, why would you spend? Why would you? He borrowed. I think he borrowed half. I think he financed half the freaking deal. 
Of course. Not, that, no, nobody's, nobody's talking about this. Nobody's talking about this. But, and, and there's going to be a person that's a new agent watching and has, doesn't have two nickels to rub together. We're not talking about your situation. We're talking about someone that's making 250 that wants to make 750. You also, and it's also like, while we're talking about disclaimers here, you need to make it make sense from an accounting standpoint. Don't borrow yeah. money that you can't make the payments on. Right. Absolutely. So don't lever up too fast and don't over lever yourself. I think we've all done that before, probably, right? Sometimes and it's a learning process, but talk to an accountant. If you're a concern, if you're like, can I afford this debt? Talk to an accountant. I am not a financial planner. I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm not telling you to go do a huge lever up if you can't afford the payment on it. Make it yeah. make sense. Make it make sense before you buy. I think that that's worth discussing. Agreed, agreed. And um, yeah, I mean, like on the the loan that I applied for for me for for my company, I could make the monthly payment easy peasy. Wouldn't be a big deal with even if I, even even if it was just a bill, right? Like, and I wasn't getting any 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 loan out of it. Like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to make the monthly payment. So makes sense for my company. Right. But like Glenn said, it has to make sense for you and your business and where you're at in your journey. I probably should have started doing this three years ago, but oh, yeah. probably not before that. But. No, but it was the same for me too. Like I should have figured this out way, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. Hindsight's you know? 2020. 20. Hindsight's 2020. Um, right. This has been an awesome episode, but we should probably close it out. I want to be respectful of your time. Yeah, we're way over. I'm gonna. My wife's gonna probably send me death threats here. So, <laughs> um, final thoughts, Glenn. Oh man, what a great episode! I mean, again, I guys, I'm a I'm a marketer at heart. I'm a salesman first, but I'm a marketer at heart. I fell in love with marketing because you get to sell to the masses. So it's like the ultimate sell to me. Um, and so to talk about a marketing budget, I mean, this is near and dear, you know, I, and, and again, it's not a one size fits all. I think if there was one thing I could really promote from this conversation that Christian, I had today, it's not a one size fits all. You don't come in and start spending what Christian's spending. You don't come in and start spending maybe what I started spending at the beginning. You don't start spending 10 grand a month immediately if you can't do it, yep. if it doesn't make sense. So um, yeah, that's probably my final thoughts. Christian, final thoughts, marketing budget. Yeah. Um, agree with everything you said a hundred percent. Um, I think to piggyback off of it is spend what you can spend and then work your way up. That's what I did. It was just gradually little by little. I was trying to push myself to spend more than I did before. And, um, I still do that. I don't go from like spending two grand a month to spending 15 like the next month like, yeah. doesn't, doesn't work like that for me anyway. And um, so, but, but I, I would just encourage you to, you know, a lot of nuggets in this video, go back and watch it a second time if you need to, but, um, and share it with a friend, a fellow agent. Yeah. Cause I know you, I know you have at least one, right. At least um, one. And, and maybe you have two friends. I don't know. Maybe you're <laughs> really popular. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're so popular. You have two friends. Um, Share, share, hit the share button, share, like, comment, subscribe. And um, guys, we'll be back with another episode and um, make sure to eat lots of tacos, spend Warms money, spend Warms money on your business, not on tacos, but spend a little bit on tacos.
I love it. We'll be back next week, guys. Yes.